world more peaceful since the revolution. It is a shame that your people suffered. Hunting is a complicated profession. They said you were coming. They said you were the best in the Parsec. Would you agree? Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. everyone and welcome back to their exciting episode of the wampas lair podcast this is episode number 357 they're waiting for you i'm as always one of your hosts jason hunt and with me the boba fett to my Django fett because we're kind of flying solo and we're attached to the hip ladies and gentlemen tonight uh we've got carl leclerc oh uh, i guess i'm a clone <laughs> i mean but you got to, you got a whole different reputation than I do. That's true. I did climb out of a Sarlacc pit, potentially. Potentially, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but you've got no. You lost your head over some things. Uh, that's very true. I lost my head over just a, a very you know bright purple thing in particular. Um, so. <laughs> Well, we are we are um, flying uh, this co-pilot duo tonight because Katie is busy adulting in her new home, setting things up there, and just needed the week off. So Jason and I are going to uh, fly this one together. And, uh, you know, just a quick shout out of appreciation to Katie for usually being the one who fills in for one of us when we're busy with life. Um, right. Katie has been such a like... Uh, uh, standout staple for the show since she's she's been a permanent member and and I always appreciate that. So when Katie last week was like, "Yo, you two, I need a I need a week off," and we were just like, "No problem, we got this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you busy you get busy being an adult, and we'll just keep kidding it up. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, well, well, I think we know how to do this, Carl. Um, so you know, yes. I, I mean, if if all eight years we did we. We missed the eight-year mark between last week and this week. Yeah, yeah, it's been a little over eight years now. That's wild. Dear um, God, that's that's pretty great. Um, I just realized we hit that that milestone. <laughs> so, um, I'm I'm pretty excited though because we're going to talk. We are literally as we record one week out from the premiere of The Mandalorian, plus all of the goodness of Disney Plus. Um, yeah. so we just, you know, obviously last week we really wanted to get out another one of our journey to rise of Skywalker episodes by looking at return of the Jedi. So we realized that we are in a sense, a, like a week late from every other podcast, but I don't really care. Um, but we're just going to look a little bit at the uh, Mandalorian trailer that dropped last week. Um, and just kind of talk a little bit about what we're excited about being one week out and, and waiting for the premiere of this, uh, what looks to be incredible show. Um, yeah. Um, and just just so you guys know uh, the release schedule for this, um, 
you know, Disney Plus drops on the 12th, which is a week from the day we're recording this. The first episode of The Mandalorian will be online at uh, drop for, for Disney Plus. The second episode will be on Friday, November 15th. And then every Friday thereafter, they will release episodes until all eight have been uh, put out there. And it'll be, I believe, until through the end of December, like the 23rd or something of December yeah, I think or whatever it, that I think is. It wraps right either right before or right after Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but before we before we jump into all of our thoughts on Mandalorian, we do have uh, a new iTunes review that we wanted to read quickly. And this one comes from Sabi Baby, which what a great username. And <laughs> Sabi Baby says, dying for Star Wars content that is positive and fun. This is it. So uh, thank you so much. Sweet. Short and sweet. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, that hopefully uh, does a good job of describing the kind of show we do. We like to try to keep things as positive as possible. Um, and we are definitely guilty of having fun. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, we might even be guilty of having too much fun. Um, but oh, pish tosh. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> pish tosh. Who cares? Um, um, but yes, thank you so much for that kind review. That is definitely what we, we, we strive to do here is have a, a fun and positive outlook on, on Star Wars. Uh, even when there are things we disagree with, you know, the, right. there's always the other side. But we can disagree agreeably, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have to, you know, get on our our internets and just decry the end of civilization as we know it because something in Star Wars happened that we aren't particularly a fan of. Um, right. Yeah. So, um, and uh, yeah, so thank you, whoever you are, Sabi Baby, for taking the time to write the review. Uh, we really appreciate it. And again, is is um, anyone who has not yet done that, and you, if you've been listening to the show and enjoying it again that just really helps the show to be more visible in in itunes and other podcast apps so uh anyone and everyone who has taken the time to write a review again just a huge thank you thank you so very very much i almost i almost did the steve glosson but i caught myself um but yes anyway <laughs> um, um, also real quick before we get into the trailer we do have a poll from last week uh last week's episode uh carl do you want to remind everybody what what ridiculousness we got up to in our in our matchup excuse me not our poll our matchup from last episode yeah. who we pitted against each other well we figured we'd have some fun with return of the jedi and we went with bib fortuna versus malakili the raincore keeper yeah um, and as i get i guess i kind of guessed this um, there weren't a ton of responses. Uh, I guess people don't love fun characters. <laughs> um, so they only want to talk about like big things like Kylo and Ray or Luke and Anakin. So, um, which is cool. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, I love these little fun side characters. And I mean, we still got almost, oh, you know, almost 90 votes between Facebook and Twitter. So well, not a small well, number. Uh, smaller than most. <laughs> well, um, yeah. but no, that's, it's, yeah. Size matters not. Judge me by my matchup response to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to give you the numbers, ladies and gentlemen, um, we have a, a grand total, uh, Larian response of 56 for Malakili, the Rancor Keeper, and 38 for Bib Fortuna. So, um, I know what who I think would win in a matchup, but Carl, I got to know uh, which Rancor Keeper you're voting for today. Well, it's got to be Malakili, the only, right. the Rancor Keeper, the OG <laughs> Rancor, Rancor Keeper. No doubt about it. You know, Bib Fortuna, I mean, he's he's probably got some, like, political cunning and, and, you know, he knows how to manipulate situations. But when it comes to a fight, like, look how he gets tossed aside by Jabba and, you know, kind of waddles and cowers in the corner but dude malakili just throwing that weight around like it's nobody's business and the dude is a raincore keeper like he wrangles a raincore like the dude's yeah. got some he's got some brawn he's got what it takes so yeah not he, he just demolishes bib fortuna in like two seconds like bib's got the sharp teeth but you know he can't even pe penetrate the blubber that is malakili so it won't matter <laughs> so yeah hands down malakili with the beat down 
I I cannot disagree, Carl. Um, I I also think Malakili would win in this matchup. Um, for many of the same reasons, I, I I do believe that if you're trying to navigate the the crime landscape of Tatooine and you know beyond, Bib Fortuna would have the advantage. Although I think his main advantage is saying just enough of the right things to not get killed. I don't necessarily know how skilled he is at his job. Uh, he's just flattering enough and not doesn't mess up enough. To stay alive. Um, although Jabba got pretty mad at him when he let what well, basically walked Luke Skywalker into the palace. Uh, he's using an old Jedi mind trick and then, you know, flung him to the floor. Um, uh, Malakili, uh, I mean, just size wise between the two of them, has the power to punch Bib Fortuna in his pointy teeth. Um, but like you said, he also is a Rancor Keeper, so he could just, you know, use his animal handling to bring something else in and, and just squash Bib like a bug. No doubt um, about that. I, I, don't, I don't think Bib Fortuna has, you know, much on Malakili because Malakili, from the other sources that are legends and not doesn't really care about crime politics he just wants to take care of his creatures so anything that bib might dig up you know on other people in the crime worlds wouldn't really matter to someone like malakili no, so. definitely not so yeah malakili wins uh, for me as well that gives us a final matchup total of 58 for Malakili, the Rancor Keeper, and 38 for bib fortuna uh not a landslide by any sense but a significant win mm-hmm so at the end of the episode, we will have a poll for you. Um, so, of course, stick around for that if you're interested. And, uh, man, so let's see. Uh, one week from today, at this literal time, many of us will have probably watched The Mandalorian premiere. Yes. Um, not to mention be cycling through all the other great Star Wars content that will be at our fingertips on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited, Carl. Yeah, I am too. Like, um, so my, my friend Ben uh, shot, shot me a text today and said that um, he read today that you will be able to download content as well off the plops, you know, off the plus app, which oh, nice. you know, I, I would imagine is like the same thing as, um, you know, like Amazon Prime allows you to do that. I think you can even I think you can do it on Netflix. Right. So like if you're going to be offline or whatever, you can. You yeah. Know, these downloaded episodes. Um. It, and it's stored on the app, not necessarily off the app. At least right. mobile, app, right? You know, exactly. Mobile wise, so yeah. Um, I'm really curious to see what the 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 streaming platform looks like. Um, for instance, I think like Amazon Prime Video through my Fire Stick sucks. Like I hate the streaming app through Amazon. I actually find it quite terrible. <laughs> um, and uh, so the thing that I actually use whenever I buy new movies, I put them into Movies Anywhere. It's a it's a third party app. Um, mm -hmm. that you can upload anything that you've bought on, you know, bought online to, and the the platform I just find so much more user friendly for like fast forwarding and rewinding, and you know I like that stuff, especially while watching a Star Wars movie. Um, so I'm really hoping that Disney Plus has has really good user face um, interfaces and stuff because Amazon Amazon leaves a lot to be desired in that regard. Um, so yeah, I'm really curious to see how that works, but. I'm also like just super excited to revisit Rebels. I haven't watched Rebels in a while, um, <laughs> mainly because the I, I won't lie, like the end of that series really left a sour taste in my mouth. Like I, I think Rebels was very disappointing, but I'm really excited to revisit it. Rebels gave us some of my favorite Star Wars characters, yet also some of my least favorite Star Wars stories. Looking at you, World Between Worlds slash not my Star Wars. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I know that's like wicked critical right now off the bat to be talk about being a positive show but hey i'm just i'm just living my truth you know uh world between worlds is the dumbest thing i've ever seen in star wars i can't get behind it um so people that love it and yeah. i'm i'm you know i'm sort of in the middle on it i'm like okay oh, are you is this gonna be like it? a you know <laughs> i'm the one in the middle the bendu you know oh, I, yeah. like another I, oh, character yeah. that got no resolution oh sorry did i say that out loud i did i mean I mean, but the Bendu doesn't need a resolution. He's been around for thousands and thousands of years, and the implication is that he'll still be around for thousands more. So, you know, I, the Bendu is 
doesn't need a resolution in Rebels. Um, the one with no importance. That's what he <laughs> <be>. <laughs> yeah, it was important at that time. Sure. Um, but I, I world world between worlds. I, I'm I'm sort of in the middle on it. Mm. Uh, as if it's something where it's not overly used, I'm okay with it. Um, it just opens up a very weird possibility for other things to happen, and I'm just unsure if this is a one-off thing that you know Palpatine was trying to delve into, but now he doesn't have access to it, so we're never going to see it again. Uh, but if it becomes like a major a major thing in another project, I'll be a little bit like, eh, okay, I don't know. Sure. Um, but that being said, yes, Rebels will be there. Uh, the six seasons of Clone Wars that have already been released will be available on launch date. The new episodes won't be out until 2020, right. uh, probably February. Yeah, I think they said uh, February. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. I mean, no, I'm, I'm super excited. And, and again, like, I know I was just a little critical of Rebels. And I mean, I, I stand by those. I don't, I, don't, I don't like those elements of it. That being said, I also love so many of the characters. The first season is by far my favorite season of Rebels. I, I find it flawless. Um, so, but I'm just excited to revisit it. I've only had access to the first two, no, three seasons for a while, and I haven't just gone back to revisit them. So it'll be great to have them all in one place. I'm also really excited to have all of the Galaxy of Adventures and Forces of Destiny all in one spot. Like That's going to yeah. be really cool and have them kind of organized for us. Like you said, Clone Wars. I did buy the Blu-rays. Um, shortly after they went off Netflix, just because I was like, I, re- I really want to revisit these anyway. Um, and I like having the hard copies of them just because, I, I mean, I love Clone Wars so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then not to mention just all the movies too, right? Like all the movies right, right there on one app is going to be I great. saw on like one of the big, um, you know, dumps of titles that they had out floating out around there the last couple of weeks of what was going to be on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Empire of Dreams, the documentary from oh, the, sure. uh, uh, the um, DVD of the original trilogy, the DVD release of the original trilogy is going to be on uh, Disney Plus as well. So yeah. I'm very excited about that. That's one of the best, if not the best, um, Star Wars documentaries I've ever watched. So um, it's very good, and I really like it. So yeah, it's um, to be, it's been on YouTube for years. It's easy to get on there. Um, but yeah, no, it's cool. But you know, it's going to be great to have like a good you know, high quality version of it right there on the streaming app for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I like you. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's the best star Wars documentary that's been made so far. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously it only covers the original trilogy. It'd be awesome if they, I, although I put, I will put the episode one making of documentary right beneath that. Cause that one was also amazing. The one titled the beginning. Yes. It's so good. I really wish they'd continued that with attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith. That being said, I'm getting us way off topic really quick. I apologize. Um, but lately, just like I've been working a lot of long hours and late nights at work and I'll like just be eating dinner quick at my desk. And usually I try to give myself at least a half an hour where I'm not doing work while I'm at my desk. Um, so I've just been actually pulling up like old um like they're all usually somewhere between like three and eight minutes, but these documentaries that they released on the old star Wars.com website for attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith. And they're really fun. I really, really, really have been enjoying watching some of those older documentaries. Um, oh, like the, the mini featurettes, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I think they were also released on the DVDs as well. If I recall, I, I think you're right. Yeah. And that's, that's probably where the folks on YouTube are ripping them from, but yeah, like they were all those like little webisodes and yeah, 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 uh, yeah. They're so, so good. Um, you know, every interview with Hayden Christensen, it's like, (laughs) he's such a dweeb and I love it. (laughs) Like he's such a dork. And all I keep thinking about though, when I watch it, I'm like, man, I got a perm so I could look like that. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I've been loving revisiting some of those old things and, uh, you know, getting a chuckle out of George's different versions of his own, you know, uh, stories yeah yeah you know you'll have interviews from you know different times where he's like oh yeah i knew everything you know i wrote it all beforehand you know it was all it was all plotted out and then you have other things where it's like oh yeah well i figured you know well gee we should probably make uh vader uh luke's father you know um so i find it funny because there are people uh in the in in the star wars camp right now who like to say like oh well george got it all right because he plotted out every single movie 
mm, not quite, <laughs> you know, like no. I know you like to buy that version and, and like to hold that up as if like, oh, the sequels, they don't, they don't, they didn't plan out anything. Unlike George, it's like mm, George flew by the seat of his pants too. <laughs> so I don't think it was officially, officially decided that Leia and Luke were siblings until Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I think, I think George had an idea that he wanted that to be the case during Empire, but it wasn't like, actually, yeah, we're going to go for it until Return of the Jedi. It it was never on the table during all of Empire. Like, if you, if you look at the, like, Rinsler making of stuff, the reason that that line's thrown in there about there is another is... First off, for the, from the story point, it's to make it seem like Luke is expendable. So to try to give okay. some level of suspense that like, oh, my gosh, he could actually die or fall to the dark side here. Um, but George's initial early drafts saw, again, this, this nine-part series saw that Luke's sibling, who was a sister, she, she was brought in after the original trilogy. She was supposed to be the star of the sequel trilogy to undo the things uh-huh. that he failed to do. So that was George's early thought. Leia was never his sibling until Return of the Jedi when he decided, I'm done telling the story. I'm exhausted. We're going to make Leia his sister. (laughs) Right, right, right. And we'll bring back the Death Star. Sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some Star Wars history for you. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. Uh, But yeah, uh, Disney Plus drops in a week from this recording. Uh, It'll be less than a week when you're hearing this episode. Um, And... We're super excited for all of the content that will be there from day one and all the future content that we're going to be getting, um, you know, coming up. But, Carl, I, th- I think it's about time we, we settle, settle down, settle down um, and, and talk about this Mandalorian trailer. Oh, it's good. Um, can I tell just one more random story? This is the joy of having a podcast. Yes. Yes, you can. So I had to lead another retreat for work this weekend, which, which was great. Um, and, uh, I had to, I went down with another staff member early to set up the retreat center and my one friend, she and I, we got there really early and the student bus was running really late. So we were like, you know what? We're starving. Let's like find a good place to have like a nice breakfast. So we found this diner nearby the retreat center I'm not kidding you, Jason. As soon as I walked in, I was like, am I in Dex's diner? Um, nice. <laughs> it just like it, it just it was a very like 1950s style diner, which is obviously what inspired Dex's diner. Right. Like that was very George Lucas tapping into his American graffiti days. And as I was sitting, I was sitting there like this is like by far my favorite coworker that I get to work with. She's just an incredible person. And we're sitting there having like this amazing breakfast. Um, and most of the time when you go to diners, right, they like a lot of times if the TVs are on, it's usually like ESPN or some sort of sports related thing, but nope, it was like a nature program, which is like, and this was a Saturday morning. I'm like, man, this is the stuff I used to watch Saturday morning as a kid. I love watching nature stuff. So I'm sitting there like eating this delicious breakfast at something that looked like Dex diner with one of my like favorite people. And I was just like so filled with joy and i immediately felt such a strong connection to that scene in dex's diner which only a star wars fan could make that leap um and the the that retreat whenever i had like a few minutes away from students because i i have all the original films on my phone i just pulled up attack of the clones i watched the dex diner scene like 19 times over the weekend (laughs) because it's only like two minutes and i immediately like this this was my katie horn brain um, cause I don't actually do these things, but I, I will at least have the ideas of a fan fiction idea. And I was just thinking how fun it would be to write a story about how there's like a little boy sitting at the diner that day when Obi come, Obi-Wan comes in to talk to Dex and on Obi-Wan's way out, like the little boy tugs Obi-Wan's, um, like cloak and just says, are you a Jedi? And he's like, yes. And you could be too one day, young friend. And like, it just changes this boy's life to like see a Jedi in the flesh. And I was like, oh man, that could be my story. <laughs> nice so anyway yeah anyway sorry thanks for the side tangent but i no, no problem i i any excuse to talk more about attack of the clones i will take uh and dex's diner is a great scene dexter jetster is a great character and everybody needs to sit down with a cup of java juice to finish this podcast so um you know but i i i wholly heartedly approve of your story excellent yeah, I just uh I've been feeling Attack of the Clones hard lately. So <laughs> um 
But yes, I'm sorry. I totally sidetracked the Mandalorian. People who are on here for Mandalorian are like, what the hell were you just talking about Attack of the Clones for? Um, but actually, knowing our listeners, they were probably very ecstatic about it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Jason, Mandalorian, this this most recent trailer, which was also kind of cool getting it one week after the Rise of Skywalker trailer too. Um, and it also, it kind of came out of nowhere, right? I had no idea until like, I think it was the day before they mentioned something on, you know, Star Wars Twitter about um, heads up tomorrow, we're getting a new you know, trailer for Mandalorian, which I do think makes sense with it being one week, you know, just a couple of weeks away at that point to really do right. a little bit more to sell this, sell this program. Um, but yeah, what are the, what was kind of your initial thought after you sat down and watched the second trailer we got? Um, initial thought and, and let me finish my thought before you, you start, you know, coming at me with pitchforks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, initial thought was Uh-oh. this trailer did nothing to increase my excitement for the show. That um, being said, I'm going to interject be- really quick and just say, I'm with you, Jason. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. Here. That being said, it's because I'm already at, you know, the, the first trailer really piqued my excitement for this show. Um, there's, there's some new scenes and new stuff, but the feel of the show and kind of the, um, the, the majority of what we understand about the show, we still could have got just from the first trailer. Uh, there's a couple of extra little things in here that I think are cool that I'll want to definitely talk about. Um, but in general, it, this trailer, uh, didn't decrease my excitement for the show, but it didn't increase it either. The needle didn't move on the Mandalorian for me after this trailer. Uh, that being said, I quite enjoy what I'm seeing because, you know, that it's just a new thing and, uh, it's in a, a part of the galaxy and a part of the story that we don't normally really fo- focus on, uh, which is very unique and different for me because like I said many times before, the Jedi and the Sith and the force stuff is always my cup of tea. Um, and so when we get stuff like solo or Mandalorian that comes along and we start exploring some of the, the underworld and the more seedier side of things, it's just kind of new and different for me. And at first I thought, eh, I'm not going to be so much interested in it. Uh, but now it's more like, no, this is new and unique and different and cool. And I just want to be exposed to the other side of it now too. So I'll still prefer, you know, things with lightsabers in the force uh but the, the i need force? to broaden my horizons so to speak <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so. I, I in a way i you know i really do think that solo was a great entrance into this type of world right um i i know that there are some people out there that that just solo didn't work for them and that's totally fair um but the vast majority of feedback i've heard have always been positive you know the only reason it didn't perform well at the box office is because average people just didn't care to see another star wars movie six six months later um but uh you know but solo really and, and even the folks that had issues with solo. So many of them still say that they loved like exploring the seedier underworld of star Wars. Um, so I feel like the success of, uh, of that kind of story really will lend itself to the Mandalorian. Um, and, and like you said, Jason, actually when I watched this trailer, you know, a few days ago, well, I guess last week, um, that was kind of my initial reaction too. I was like, cool. Like I'm still really excited, but it, it didn't necessarily amp it up more. I've, I've been very excited since celebration when, um, you know, I got to get into the panel. I got to see, you know, five minutes from the first episode. Um, and you know, still, I, they, they showed us a trailer there that still has not been officially released. Um, that also got me super jazzed. Um, so I've been excited about this, this thing really since April and the first trailer we got really jacked that excitement up. Um, and this one just, just kept it jacked. You know, it, it didn't, it didn't bring it down in any way, but it, it didn't necessarily add anything because we didn't really get a whole lot more specifically in so far as story beats. Um, we just got some more great visuals. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but all that being said, like it was still fantastic and, and I loved what we saw. Um, you know, uh, so looking at some of the highlights of it, I think my, you know, just the general look and feel of this show is, 
You know, it's just it's very Star Wars, right? It's that it's very much that lived in galaxy that A New Hope gave us back in 1977. Um, you know, so I, I really appreciate kind of the aesthetic look of this show. Um, but, you know, the, the, the reason I am mostly excited for Mandalorian is because it's different um, and different in the way that. I like again. This is me personally, but the, in the way that I want Star Wars to be different, like Last Jedi dared to be different in in a way that I don't think was Star Wars different. It was just different. <laughs> um, and Mandalorian is exploring a different side of Star Wars while still maintaining um, some of the essential DNA of Star Wars. Um, and and I don't mean that as like a knock on Last Jedi. It, you know, it, it didn't work for me. While and. You know, I know it obviously worked for millions of fans, which is great. Um, but I'm just really excited for a different kind of story. And like you, Jason, obviously my favorite part of Star Wars is the Jedi and the Force and lightsabers and that part of mythology of Star Wars. Um, yes. But the thing in Star Wars that is a very close second to that is the theme of found family, um, which which is prevalent in every type of Star Wars story, whether it's the, you know, the main saga films or resistance, the TV show rebels, you know, um, solo, the movie, like all rogue one, you know, yeah. these, these all like embedded within all of those stories is this theme of found family. And I, granted, I could be wrong about this, although I, it, the trailer is giving us enough hints that, you know, so the thing I, the thing that I liked about this trailer that it, that it did enhance a little bit is that voiceover again from Werner Herzog's character, which have, I don't think we've gotten his character's name. Do you know if we have? I don't remember it. I have no idea. I know we've gotten some of the characters' names released, uh, but I don't know if we've gotten his. And I honestly couldn't tell you whose characters' names have been announced. I that I have not been following the Mandalorian news that closely. So yeah. I don't. I mean, I obviously know the Mandalorian and Cara Dune and IG Eleven. That's it. I don't even remember Carl Weathers' character's name. I know they've released his name too, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know there's people shouting at us right now. We can't hear you, though. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yes, Werner uh, Herzog, uh, <laughs> that entire scene is just trailer fodder for his dialogue. And yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Um, but I love that he makes that that point about how, you know, your people have suffered so much already or something like that. Right. He kind of says at the top yeah. of the trailer. Um and, uh, like a shame your people suffered so much or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So again, this it, to me, that's a very S- star Wars trope um, about this. This is a, this is a broken character, right? This is an unlikely hero. Um, now granted, maybe the Mandalorian is going to be an anti-hero, but I really hope not because I don't find anti-heroes part of star Wars. Like I feel like that's part of pop culture today that star Wars would ideally distance itself from. Cause it's, it's meant to be a story of optimism. Um, whereas antiheroes are a story of pessimism. Um, but uh, I love so much, though, that just that little voiceover that, you know, um, there's something about this character that carries some sort of wound, right? He's carrying right. a wounded past, a wounded part of himself. And, you know, everyone who's wounded in some ways seeks healing. So, and, you know, in a very surface level way, the Mandalorian's probably quick fix for his healing is to just be a bounty hunter, right? To just kind of go through life collecting bounties and making money and just distracting himself from probably the pain that he's experienced. Now, granted, this is me reading a ton into things with like a, a very simple line. But, right, right, right. Um, but but we're just, Star Wars fans. We're allowed to wildly speculate, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Um, so, you know, it's that's something to me that's just very Star Wars is this idea of, of a wounded character seeking some sense of fulfillment and purpose and belonging. And my favorite shot in the second trailer was – um, when the voiceover is the Werner again saying like Mandalorian, and then you get that shot of Cara Dune and Mandal the Mandalorian like slapping hands together, like kind of like you know like embracing in a way. I mean they're not literally hugging, but they're clapping hands like they're pals. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's right after that or right before that too. We also get the shot of that new alien type creature who looks really adorable 
slapping um, the Mandalorian on the, uh, you know, on the chest a little bit, like kind of like, like in an encouragement type way. And it's like, to me, like this is the Mandalorian is finding his family. He's finding his belonging, which is going to help provide him with purpose. Um, and the, the only character I can remember that we've gotten a little bit of a backstory for is Cara Dune. And Cara Dune is a former rebel, like, um, operative, like she fought in the rebellion. Um, so we don't know exactly what her role is now. I don't think, but you know, she comes from the good guys at least. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited for, this being a story about someone who finds purpose through their found family, through finding belonging among a community, among people, um, they're going to find a deeper purpose. Ideally. Um, again, to me, that's just like, that's, that's my favorite type of stuff in star Wars. And again, I could be reading way too much into this and could be dead wrong. Um, but that's, you know, I'm, this is me putting the pieces together. They're giving us. Yeah. No, and, and I, I think you're you're on the right track because found family is a huge part of Star Wars, you know, found family and an actual family. Uh, but um, particularly when actual family either fails or is tragically torn from you, uh, finding a family afterwards in order to be able to heal and move on uh, is very, very important in Star Wars. So it would not surprise me if we're getting something like that in the Mandalorian and especially with the team of people that he seems to be gathering and, and we don't know what, what it could be about either. It's, it's one of those things where we're, we're very unsure as far as I know, um, spoiler wise as to what the ultimate goal, if there's an overarching story here, or if it's, you know, a series of, of, you know, one-off episodes or something like that. Is there a, a bigger bounty, a bigger play at work? Um, you know, a, a secret that the Mandalorian and his team is having to unveil. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I'm just very curious to see what, what the backdrop behind all of this, this character stuff, uh, that we're going to get is, um, because that'll, that'll really, you know, makes for some fascinating stuff. One of the other things that I noticed from this trailer has me wondering if we're going to be getting the, um, you know, uh, dreams or flashbacks, mm. um, you know, as a regular thing in in the Mandalorian. Because um, let's see where about is it uh, about a minute and two or three seconds in. We get some shots of a young child looking up at the sky, and then we have a droid gunship flying overhead, and then a shot of uh, two people carrying a child through the streets with super battle droids firing uh, through the streets behind them. And I'm wondering, okay, is this a flashback to the Clone Wars, or is this someone who has repurposed old Clone Wars technology for you know their own militia or army? Uh, in our current story, um, we don't know. So, uh, but the I, the more uh, probable idea, in my opinion, is that these are probably dreams or flashbacks from the Mandalorian's past that you know he's got to work through for with whatever is going on in this story here. So, um, what do you think specifically about those? Do you think that that would do you think it's more likely that these are dreams or flashbacks uh, or is it more likely that someone has repurposed the, this material uh, for their own private army? Yeah. You know, my initial thought when I saw, I, I honestly didn't put it together that that was a droid ship initially in that first shot. And then the next shot though, with the B2 super battle droids, you know, clearly behind these people running with the child, my initial thought was just like, Oh, this is so cool. Somebody's repurposed some old, you know, um, super battle droids. So that was my initial thought was just, again, like probably somebody has repurposed them, you know, long mm-hmm. after the clone wars, but you know, with the ship flying overhead too, and this child now being, we've seen this child now in both trailers. Um, there's a very good, I think there's a very strong case that, yeah, this is actually like a flashback of the Mandalorian as a child. And he is a victim of, 
the Clone Wars, which could also explain why he maybe never was involved in the Galactic Civil War, right? He saw the face of war and didn't like it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It probably yeah. tore apart his family, so he just stayed away without caring about either side. Um, so, again, this is me reading in a lot into things. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so I, I could definitely get behind. And, again, right, Dave Filoni is an executive producer on this show. There's no reason to think that he wouldn't give us some live action clone wars, which I think would be awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so my hope is that it is a flashback from something from the clone wars. Um, but if it turns out to just be, Oh, nope, somebody's repurposed them. I'm still cool with that too, because it still like gives credence to how fun the prequels are. Um, yeah, so. yeah, no, definitely. It's, I, I also am okay with either one because, you know, we, we've seen in some of the comics and things like that, you know, the, old Clone Wars technology being reused and repurposed, um, you know, not only in the, the current um, canon, but also in the Legends. That was a, that was a regular occurrence. People would do that. So uh, I could see going either way. Um, I think I would prefer it as a flashback or dream mm-hmm. um, just because that offers some some more interesting – uh, character dynamics to what's going on in the story. Uh, but honestly, I could go either way. It doesn't really matter to me. I just think it's a cool thing uh, and it uh, opens up some possibilities. Um, uh, what's something else that stands out to you? Uh, you know, it, it's something very little, but I loved it because we get two shots of this. Um, twice we see the Mandalorian get shot on his shoulder armor and it deflects off. And I'm like, finally yes. armor that makes, makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not the only one who's, who's I've heard mention that. And I was, I was noticing it too. When I was watching this trailer, I was like, Oh, armor that works. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Um, yeah. Like, we see it when he's about to wrangle up that uh, that one creature, not creature, but character, right? He Quarren? shoots, yeah, the Quarren, um, and he's reeling him in, and the Quarren shoots him, and it deflects off that shoulder. And then again, we see it when he comes out of that room, and he gets shot in the shoulder again, right as he shoots a stormtrooper. So, yeah, um, yeah so like that just like that made me excited because I was like, oh, cool, armor that works in Star Wars. This is a new thing, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, so, cause like one thing I remember from the scene we saw, so this is a slight spoiler. So if you don't want to know this, maybe tune out for the next like 30 seconds. There you go. You've been warned. Um, but in this, is this okay if I share it with you, Jason? Sure. Um, the, again, that short scene we saw at back at celebration when he's making a deal with Werner Herzog's character, um, Werner is having him basically collect a bounty on some mysterious character and what Werner is offering to the Mandalorian is some Beskar armor, because as a Mandalorian, he deserves to have Beskar armor, which is obviously the armor of a Mandalorian. Um, so I'm not sure if he doesn't currently have Beskar armor. I, you know, I can't tell. Maybe it's just something that looks like it. But, you know, so it was just cool that, you know, to see armor that is doing its purpose <laughs> you know? right right so because stormtrooper armor and clone trooper armor uh unless it's like a glancing blow off like the shoulder or something it doesn't do that much um it is mass produced uh you know so that's part of it but you know it, it is one of those things where um we've very we've had some very cool armored characters but either not had situations where the armor is put into use or had any situations where the armor is actually effective in Star Wars up to this point. So, you know, it's it's just kind of fun and, and, and you know, amusing to point that out and be like, hey, it works. Um, but, yeah, that was it's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think one of the other things I'm, I'm happy to see, you know, this is a continuation of a thought that I was having from the first trailer is just the, the nice mix of uh, old and new aliens. Yeah. Um, because we're getting classic aliens like uh, Rodians and Twi'leks. Um, I think that that alien that you were saying uh, that, you know, clapped his shoulder is, is an Ugnot. I think I've, oh, I think that that's been Ugnot? said he's an Ugnot. Oh, cool. um, he's a tall Ugnot. Uh, or he's sitting on a box or something, you know. 
Um, but because it looks like the Mandalorian's sitting down, so he could be standing True. up. Yeah, that's I'm a good just point. looking at the shot. So yeah. uh, one thirteen, if you're curious. Um, but uh, yeah, so we got we got some some old uh, returning faces, so to speak. We got the Trandoshan, obviously, that he's fighting in the canyon. Um, and and then we got some new stuff coming in too. Like every good Star Wars has some new aliens. Um, so I'm I'm very happy with with how the world is being filled out. And I think honestly, that is almost what has me most excited about this this series is just the world. It, it just it feels like it's filled out with all of my Star Wars toys. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I think that's what kind of makes me happy, you know, that like they've all been beat up out in the sandbox for a while too, you know, but, um, I, I don't know. I, I think that's part of what I'm happy about most with what I'm seeing is just the, the world really kind of feels, it's very filled out and fleshed out as a star Wars world. And that makes me very happy. Um, so yeah. it's a bunch of familiar stuff, but there's also all that new stuff because it is a huge galaxy. Um, For sure. And, you know, um, whenever you hear Dave Filoni uh, uh, or not Dave Filoni, um, John Favreau more specifically talk about, you know, his thought process of creating the series. And, and you also heard this from J.J. Abrams before Force Awakens. You heard this from Ryan Johnson during the making of Last Jedi. But this idea, right, of these were all creators now who grew up playing Star Wars, right? Like when they were kids back in the late 70s and early 80s. Right. And, you know, that analogy of like this is basically like getting to play with your action figures but with adult actors. They're they're living – they're playing big Star Wars. That's basically what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also with a budget. Right, right. With a huge budget and creative, you know, creative um, actors to portray it. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, like I think that's a that's a really good point about how it is like you shuck up, you know, you, you, you pulled out the toy box, just turned it upside down and started putting things together and telling a story. Yeah. Um, and and again, like I, I know I've made this point on, on recent episodes, um, but for something like me with, again, the Mandalorian and the same was true for resistance when it came out, I, I, I never got excited about resistance until I actually started watching it. Like none of the trailers got me excited at all. Um, and, and I loved it and there's no stakes for me again, still like the sequel trilogy, because it's the Skywalker saga. Like I do get nervous. I'm like, Oh man, what if this, they don't finish the story strong or, Oh right. man, like it's, it's not fitting my expectations, which I know is, you know, expectations are the death of all good things. Some people would yep. say, um, and that's fair, but you know, Mandalorian, like if for whatever reason, I don't, I don't love it, whatever. Like it's, it's its own thing. It's its own standalone story that doesn't affect the saga in, in the same way, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And, and in a way, that's why even solo was very risky because Han Solo was my favorite character. And it, that story, if it had gone a different way, could have made me been like, man, I, I hate that story. It screwed up the story of Han Solo, but instead <laughs> it just made it a million times better. Um, so, you know, Mandalorian kind of has that same trope of, for me, there's not really that high of stakes. It just looks like a fun, creative play in the sandbox star Wars story. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, another voice, like the, the top of the trailer too, we get that voiceover from Werner Herzog's character about how, you know, Oh, is the galaxy a better place now? You know, after the revolution, you know, obviously referring to the galactic civil war and the rebellion. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, again, a, a story we've never explored. That's going to be exciting of looking at the chaos that is post return of the Jedi in the outer rim, right? What happens when the, you know, the order of the empire falls apart. Like, yes, it's a bad order. I mean, it's, I mean, a modern day analogy of that is what happened in Iraq, right? When we went in there and dethroned Saddam Hussein, look what happened as a result. Like, yes, Saddam Hussein was a, like a psychopath and, and a horrible person, but there was this very strict order in Iraq. And then mm -hmm. after, you know, America invades and topples that government, it's been a, you know, it's, 
been a mess ever since. And it, it's not arguing that, oh, good, we should have kept Saddam. Of course not. But like when you overturn something like that, there tends to be a period of chaos. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's what's happened. It's, again, in these far reaches of the outer rim, you know, where it's in some ways the empire, it's, it's probably clinging to some sense of control that far out because they're not going to be as affected from things at the galactic core. So again, I just like this idea of it being a story of characters trying to create order out of that chaos. Yeah. Or, or finding their own, you know, their own normal in a, in a world of, in a galaxy of chaos, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely something I think is going to be a bigger part of this series than we're, we're sort of getting in the trailers because, Obviously, the, these characters, these new characters are driving the story, but I think there is going to be that sort of perpetual looking over their shoulder at what's happened and what's currently going on in the larger galaxy um, that I don't think we'll get too into the weeds on with this season, but will probably play out in subsequent seasons um, because we already know they're working on season two. Season two is already in the works right? They've already for filmed, The Mandalorian. They've started filming it already, too. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Th- it was like within the last month or two, I think. It wasn't yeah. that long ago they right. started. But yeah, um, so, you know, it's – you, following that, that line of thought, though, with the chaos in the galaxy and with, um, you know, this being so soon after Return of the Jedi and the overthrow of the Empire and the rise of the New Republic, do you think at some point we will see um, – characters from the OT show up in Mandalorian. Unlikely. Um, I think mainly cause like, how do you do that? The actors are way too old to portray themselves <laughs> shortly. after. Oh, not the necessarily the, the big three, Okay, but maybe like, uh, I don't know, like, a Crix Dean or a wedge Antilles, or I don't know. I I'm, I'm just spitballing yeah. here. You know, will we see a direct connection between the OT and, the Mandalorian in the appearance of a character. Do you think that might happen? Might. Sure. Yeah. I, I could see it happening. Um, in the first season, maybe not though. Um, so that's my thought. Cause I, th- I really think that they're going to be concentrating yeah. on, on, on telling this new story and just giving us new characters. If anything, I feel like we might hear about some of those people, right? Like we might hear, like I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if something about the emperor is dropped or maybe something about, you know, this Skywalker character or something about Leia. Um, so right. I could see like name dropping for sure, but, but I don't know. What do you think? Carl? Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, I, I definitely think name dropping will happen. Um, I, I'm almost positive that will happen. Um, I think Leia is probably pretty likely since she's kind of going to be the face. Leia and Mon Mothma are kind of the face of the new Republic at this point. Um, I think, you know, Luke is probably going to be mentioned because he's sort of out wandering the galaxy at this point. Um, what? How would you react, though, Carl, if they made up Alden Ehrenreich a little bit older to walk in as Han Solo <laughs> with Chewbacca? Oh, <laughs> man. Uh. That would be amazing, but I would just say, give me solo too. Shut up. Um, right, right. right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think that we would see that happen. I th- feel like we'd, if Alden's going to ever do Star Wars again, I feel like he'd be in his own series. Um, but uh, I mean, that'd be great. I, I would be obviously a-okay with it. But to be honest, Jason, I, I'd rather not almost see any of those characters because okay. I think it's its its, its own story and it's going to build its own part of this mythology. So I'd rather those other characters just stay out. Cause again, like I said, there's no stakes when it's this own kind of standalone story. So if you start bringing them in, even just as cameos, I think it distracts you from, you know, what's already there. You know, it's, it's the, yeah. the story point they made for force awakens is why they never, they didn't bring Luke in until the very end of the movie is they felt like anytime they brought him in, whether it was the middle of the movie or even towards the end, he just kind of dominated it. Um, and it didn't allow these new characters to stand on their own feet. Um, yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. And I think, and I, I definitely think that if we were going to see a major character like that, it wouldn't be this season. Uh, if major emphasis on if, 
Uh, but now that I'm thinking about it, maybe a character from like, you know, um, the Aftermath series, like a Nora Wexley might, sure. might show up. I think yeah. that could be cool. Yeah, for um, sure. Because, you know, they're, they're doing, it's Disney Plus. They, they don't really have to, you know, market this to a, f- a movie going audience anymore. So they can have fun throwing in these references and characters from other, you know, ancillary material too now. So, you know, who knows? Um, right. I do want to talk about, before we, we wind up the discussion, I do want to talk about his ship. Ooh, the Razor Crest. Razor Crest. That's the name of yeah. it. Yeah. It looks awesome, in my opinion. It looks like somebody stuck a couple of giant pod racer engines on the body <laughs> of uh, a uh, Republic gunship, um, and I think it looks cool. Um, yeah. I'm very happy with with how it looks. What do you, What are your thoughts on on the Razor Crest? That description just made me like it even more. Um, like I do, I, I like it. Um, it's, it's not my favorite ship design I've ever seen. Um, but no. I do like it. Uh, and you just giving that, in, that description made me like it a lot more because it's basically Ben Quadraneros's pod racer had, you know, had babies with a Republic gunship. So it's, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I do think it's really cool. Uh, I find the name odd because it just makes me want to shave. Um, but, (laughs) but it's cool. Like I'm excited to see it. Um, we've seen very little of it. Um, so, but it seems like a practical ship for a bounty hunter. Uh, it seems like meaty and tough and it's, it's probably fast. Um, it's probably got some heavy armament on it. Um, but it's not, I don't know, to me, it's not like, it's not like a cool, sexy ship, like the ghost or the millennium Falcon. Um, it's, it's very boxy. Um, but I yeah. do like it a lot. It, it's really cool. Like my, my, uh, my friend Ben is just obsessed with the razor crest and, and wants all things razor crest. And so like seeing his excitement about it certainly makes me like it more. So, um, it, yeah. it's, it's supposed to fly under the radar. It's not supposed to be attention grabbing and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, no, I, I like it. Um, I, it, it's definitely a functional working ship. Um, you're right. You're right on that. Um, I, I think I'm going to really enjoy seeing it on screen. Um, but you're right. It's not my favorite design, but it is my favorite design from the show that we've gotten as far as ships are concerned. Not that we've seen too many others. Um, but I will say though, there's that one shot of it being pursued through space. Um, and I'm wondering if this is an episode Dave Filoni directed because the ship that is pursuing it looks so much like the Magna Droid Starfighter from the Clone Wars movie mm. that's chasing uh, Anakin and Anakin's ship, the Twilight. And the shot is almost set up just like one of the shots in that battle over Tatooine where Anakin got the Twilight shot down by the Magna Droid Starfighters. And I'm one, you know, I can't quite tell what the ship pursuing it is, but it kind of has the same silhouette as that starfighter. And so I'm wondering, you know, if that's Dave Filoni's episode and, you know, bringing in an old design from the Clone Wars um, for that. So. No, that's really cool. I I obviously did not know that. I did not make that connection. That's really cool. Yeah. I just. I really like the Clone Wars movie for what it is. Um, so I, I just remember that shot. Um, but anyways, yeah, that was just something I noticed. Sort of a, huh, interesting. And I, it came to me because of seeing the Super Battle Droids and the droid gunship earlier. Uh, that sort of resurrected Clone Wars thoughts. And that's where I, why I recognize that. So, But anyways, uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about this trailer um, before we start wrapping things up? Because I think I'm a out talked out because i just want next week to be here so i can see the show yeah no i think i'm with you on that um i mean there's a lot of things uh i'm i'm excited for with the show but i'm just i'm just excited to see it get started and see where we go and it's cool that we're gonna get two episodes next week as well like you said um i think that'll be a lot of fun yeah yeah uh oh last question um i think we've talked about it on the show before but i don't recall because there's some, been some things that's happened since we last talked about it. Um, are you 
happier that it is being released on a weekly basis, or would you have preferred it all released at once and so you could binge it? Uh, I definitely prefer the the the, the weekly schedule, um, mainly because uh, I think while yes, I you know there is obviously a part of me that's like, all right, if they put it all out, I could like binge it that weekend, that whole week. Um, right. But the downside to that is it takes away you know the ability to do that weekly discussion that we all so much love as star Wars fans. And and I was listening to an interview with uh, John Favreau just this morning. And he talked about how much he loved like the game of Thrones um, model, right? Like with it being once a week and how that entire week people could talk about the episode. And, you know, it was something to talk about at work. It was something to talk about with your friends. Um, I don't know that the Mandalorian is going to take off like game of Thrones. It's That'd be great if it did, but I kind of doubt it. Um, Cause, and I only say that because like, if you are someone who's not particularly a Star Wars fan, seeing that it's a Star Wars thing, you might just be like, I don't really know Star Wars. I'm not going to get this, right? Like you might immediately dismiss it without realizing right. that you may not have had to have seen any of Star Wars to be into the show. Um, but no, but I, do, I, I really like the idea of getting to enjoy this once a week. Um, I like the idea that um, most likely I'm not going to get spoiled, right? Because you know the thing, you know, you, you'll get those people that first day that would binge the entire thing and they'll start talking about the last episode, like, 24 hours after it was released because people are jerks like that. Right. And, uh, and you're like, like, damn it, shut up. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so that, I definitely prefer it that way. What about you? I, I am too. I, I'm definitely in that group because while, um, having the ability to just binge a season's worth of, of a TV show is nice and convenient. I prefer that more for catching up on things that I missed the first time around, you know, um, if it's something brand new, uh, because I don't, I don't have a ton of extra time, uh, to just sit and watch, you know, eight episodes of a TV show, uh, you know, in two or three days, because if I don't watch it in those two or three days, I will get spoiled from everyone else talking about it. Um, you know, I, I don't have that kind of availability to, and time to do that. So I, I am really appreciative of the weekly uh, thing because it's going to be a lot easier for me to keep up with it. Um, not that I think it'll be difficult for me to keep up with it if it, you know, but it's just I got a week, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, um, and I will say I, I have not watched resist, Resistance at all this season because um, – you know, they, you have to have like the Disney, I think the Disney channel or the Disney app or whatever, whatever it's on right now. I don't have, like I bought the first season on Amazon cause it was an option. That wasn't an option this year. Um, and so I've, you know, I've just said, well, you know, I'm just going to wait till Disney plus comes out and I'll just start watching it then. So I'm also excited because I've heard that this, this season has been fantastic. So I'm excited to catch up on resistance as well. Yeah, I honestly I haven't seen an episode of Resistance yet this year either, uh, so I will need to do that. I think I've got the avail- availability to watch it, but uh, I've got a few other things on my plate at the moment, and uh, it, that kind of fell off my radar for a little bit. I'm going to be honest, um, especially with everything else that they are just dumping on us. Uh, you know, the end of this year, beginning of next year, you know, uh, things that are much higher on my excitement list than season two of resistance. Not to say that I'm don't want to see season two of resistance. Uh, everything else that I, I'm getting in the next three or four months is just higher placed on that list. Yeah. So <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like, you know, I, initially I was like, Oh man, I got to find a way to watch resistance. But I was like, you know what? That's all right. Like I'll watch it when the app comes out. Like, and I'm fine with waiting. I don't, I don't need to see it right now. And um, I fell behind a couple of times, even with the first season, and I always, I always enjoyed watching it. But you know, I I was never like I need to watch it. <laughs> so right, right. Um, it was one of those things where every few weeks I'd, I'd watch three or four episodes, and then I'd be like, okay, cool, I'm back to yeah. being current. And right, then, right, yeah. Um, I'd I'd be so much more in love with it if they would just give us a Niku action figure. Um, so right, that's all I'm saying. Give us Niku. <laughs> Dear Lord. Um, Cool. Well, I think I think that'll do it for me too. That's that's all we've got for today. Uh, except we have uh, a poll related to all of this Mandalorian talk. Um, so we want to know, everyone, uh, what character are you most interested to learn about 
from the Mandalorian. You know, that there's a bunch of new characters that we're going to see next week. Uh, and, and we want to know who are you most interested in learning about and finding out about. So, um, we will have that poll for you over the, you know, uh, before we record next week. So keep an eye out on our social media for that. Carl, if anybody wants to weigh in on that, uh, that poll or any of our trailer discussion, where can they do that, good sir? Uh, well, they can obviously follow us on Twitter at Wampaslair. We're also on Facebook at Wampaslair Podcast. You can always email us at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to keep up with Katie and all of her wonderful musings of the Star Wars world, you can follow her on Twitter at Poe Hot Dameron. Yes, please do that. And uh, Katie, hope everything went well for you this week. And uh, we look forward to having you back on uh, next time. So uh, anything else you got, Carl? No, that'll do it for me. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for listening to episode 357 of the Wampas Lair podcast. This has been in They Are Waiting For You. For Carl and Katie, who's not here, I'm Jason. We'll see you next time here in the Wampas Lair.